0: Welcome to Balance 365 Life Radio, a podcast that delivers honest conversations about food, fitness, weight, and wellness. I'm your host, Annie Breeze, along with Jennifer Campbell and Lauren Koski. We are personal trainers, nutritionists, and founders of Balance 365. Together, we coach thousands of women each day and are on a mission to help them feel healthy, happy, and confident in their bodies on their own terms. Join us here every week as we discuss hot topics pertaining to our physical, mental, and emotional well-being with amazing guests. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Balance 365 Life Radio. On today's show, Lauren, Jen, and I are diving into the hot topic of counting calories. Should you? Shouldn't you? What are the pros and what are the cons? Counting calories has long been regarded as a necessity if you want to manage your weight, but is calorie counting a truly accurate and reliable way to do that? I invite you to keep listening because the information we share on today's episode just might surprise you. Enjoy. Jen and Lauren, we're all together again. I always love it when the three of us can do podcasts together, don't you?
1: Yeah, it's fun. Yes. (laughs) I don't I think people would be shocked how little the three of us get together even online, like to talk
0: or I mean we chat. Yeah, Yeah. We chat frequently, but we don't it's sometimes it's just me and you, or you and Lauren, or me and Lauren, or our other team members. So it's not always the three of us all the time. Right. Although that that would be great if we like lived in a cul-de-sac. like Yeah, that would be. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just pop over to the middle house for a podcast recording and some coffee. Like, that'd be great. I
1: was actually telling a family member this summer about our company and how we work together and we live in these different cities. And I said – And he said, how is that living so far away from each other? And I said, well, you know, it comes with challenges. I think it would be really nice if the three of us were in the same city. And he says, you know what? I think it's great because having a business is like having a marriage. And it's like, if you guys all lived in the same place, it would be like, who took out the garbage last week? And (laughs) he's (laughs) like, it's
0: "It's probably nice having a bit of, it could be nice having a bit of space sometimes. I'm like, oh yeah, Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's what's kept us from um, or encouraged us to be so successful is that we're not sick of each other yet. Yes, maybe. (laughs) So today we wanted to talk about, uh, we're just wrapping up the Power Bowl Challenge. Uh, By the time this airs, we'll have wrapped up the Power Bowl Challenge. And in our Power Bowl Challenge recipe book, if you received that, you might have noticed that we included the calorie counts and the macro counts of uh, each bowl. But if you are an insider to our Balance 365 program, you also know that we don't recommend calorie counting long-term. And Lauren, our resident nutrition guru um, over here, did a really great Facebook Live in our private Facebook community, which if you aren't a part of that, it's Healthy Habits Happy Moms on Facebook. Um, we have almost 40,000 women. Are we over 40,000 women? I do this every I think time. We're, I think we're over. Are we officially over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Women worldwide, moms, -moms, non-moms, it's a really great place to be where we're uh, giving a lot of great content, I think, and a lot of great support to help you reach your goals with balance and moderation and food and fitness. But Lauren did a really great Facebook Live on why you should take calories with a grain of salt. Right, Lauren? That's right. I nailed it. (laughs) You nailed it. Um, And you you had three really, really good points or uh, more than three really good points. But we just wanted to share that on our podcast because sometimes uh, calories can um, seem really important. Like they're the end-all be-all, calories in versus calories out. We've all heard that like that's like what matters and that counting calories can be a really great way to help you reach your goals. But you brought up some great points about why maybe it's a flawed method, right? Yeah, it's
2: definitely a very flawed method. And
0: before we get started, I want to say
1: that the idea for this came up because we were having people tell us, and even email us um, and post in the group that they were punching um, the calories of their Power Bowls into their own calorie tracking apps, and they were different from what our nutritional information was on the Power Bowls. And it was really frustrating. A couple times I, like, you know, when I'm the one um, that calculated all of the macros for our Power Bowls, And a couple times I was emailing people back with like my Excel spreadsheet (laughs) to show them (laughs) because I didn't know, you know, it's like, well, look, like, here's what I have. Um, And it was, it's just frustrating because, you know, we know that they're going to be different um, for all the reasons that we get into. And it, it showed exactly what the three of us are about to talk about that people get
0: really, really caught up in these numbers.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Should we just dive right into it? Lauren, you want to take us through the um, first reason there why uh, you should take calories or counting calories with a grain of salt? Sure. Um, The first one is inaccuracies. And
2: there's two parts to this. Um, The first one is that food labels aren't always accurate. And I find that most people, common sense is believes that they are, right? I used to think that they were accurate. It's the label on the back of the box. You would assume it's accurate, um, but they're actually based on averages. And the FDA allows about 20% variance. They They allow an error of up to 20% on the label. So when you think about it, that's a big difference when there's 20% that could be wrong or different on each food you eat throughout the day. So I did in my live an example of about let's say 2,000 calories a day is what you're aiming for and you think you're eating 2,000 calories a day. You could be consuming really up to 2,400 which is 400 extra per day and when you add that up over the week it's about 2,800 calories extra that you could be eating and that's a big difference especially when you may be tracking really well you think and you're not getting results and you don't understand why and you blame yourself um so that's a huge huge reason
0: and so even just on like a snack level if you look at the serving size at the back of you know some crackers or chips or I always pick crackers as the example in these podcasts you do (laughs) really really like crackers apparently um I think that might be a mom thing. We always seem to have crackers in the house, like goldfish or like graham crackers. or yeah. <laughs> crackers are big. Yeah. Anyways, um, if it says 200 calories per serving size, the 20% variance can be plus or minus. So really we're talking anywhere from 160 calories to 240. So right. like getting worked up about the exact number in exactly what you're consuming um, is a little bit out of your control for this reason. It's just not, it's not really closely regulated. And in fact, I think there's even been stories. um, I don't remember which brand it was, but I remember reading uh, in the news that a popular ice cream brand was pulled off the counters for having such inaccurate nutrition labels. That, you know, they say per pint is, you know, 300 calories or whatever. And it was really more, it was above the 20%. consistently above the 22%. So, um, and I don't like, I don't know if some some people might hear this and they might be like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, like this is wrong. Everything I know is wrong. And it's like, we're not like saying that to scare you or to make you anxious or nervous about the calories you're consuming or the amount of calories you're consuming. It's just more uh, a vote for why calorie counting should be taken with a grain of salt. Like just don't put all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak, with calorie counting. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the other what's the other part of inaccuracies, Lauren? Well, another thing
2: I did was we took an example of um lean ground beef and I typed it into three different calorie tracking websites and I got three different numbers. Um and these were big uh websites. I did MyFitnessPal, I did just Google, and then I did um nutrition data. And they were all different. They weren't vastly different, but again, that's only, I did one ounce of food and obviously you eat many ounces of food throughout the day. So when you add that up, it's it's a noticeable difference. Um, and then the other part of it is that humans innately are not accurate at measuring our food portions and calories. So um, studies have shown that 60% of the time we're not accurate. So this isn't like a personal flaw. It's a human in general flaw. Um, so don't take it personally that maybe you aren't the best at tracking your portions because no one is. And uh, studies also show that even nutritionists who are trained on how to be accurate at um, counting calories and measuring portions underestimate about 30% of the calories in a meal. So again, um, big differences there.
1: So you can stack that on top of the label inaccuracies, and then we're just right. way off.
2: Right. <laughs> right. It's a disaster.
0: And, <laughs> and to circle back, to circle back, Lauren, to your variances that you found, um, and and to what Jen was saying, when members would message us about the Power Bowl ingredients, um, you know, why is why do your numbers not match my numbers? Well, it could be because we're using different databases. We're using different brands of edamame or brands of, uh, you know, quinoa. But right. um, also to be noted that some of the entries, not all of them, but some of the entries on uh, sites like MyFitnessPal are user generated. Some, as Jen uh, pointed out to us, are regulated or they're verified. They're MyFitnessPal verified. Is that what they call them? That mm-hmm. someone has like kind of double-checked it? Like a staff um, po- member. Has, yeah, yeah, pulled um like some 13-year-old in their basement. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no but child like, labor. We better <laughs>
0: We better watch it.
2: You look at my fitness pal and like you type in something like ground beef and there's like hundreds of entries and you know I I just picked the one that seemed the most um accurate based on what I had uh but You know, a lot of them are just some random, like, Joe Schmo just entering whatever, and you don't know if that's accurate or not.
0: Right. And just so they have fair representation here. I pulled this from their website. It says, our database is compiled two different ways. We research and add many of the items. Some are submitted by our other members. For the most part, our members are just as precise as we are. However, there may be some entries that are inaccurate or incomplete.
1: And I think I shared with you guys just prior to this podcast that there is um, another fitness slash health slash nutrition professional who went through my fitness pals um, verified entries with his own and he found inaccuracies even with their verified entries Um and he has all these spreadsheets and stuff in a blog post <laughs> where he where he compares them all. And look, one thing I will say, I understand some people listening to this are probably feeling anxiety. Right. I consider, um, if it fits your macros, um, my last diet. So IIFYM, if it fits your macros, it is sort of a diet. It's just a... a a trend, you could say, and it's about, it's basically just counting every macro and calorie that you eat.
2: Right, and they count it, they call it like flexible dieting, They call it right? flexible dieting, right. Yeah.
1: And um, while a lot of people call it freedom from clean eating, quote unquote clean eating, um, for others, it's, it's really just another diet. And I was on it for months, I was in a Facebook group, um full of women who were doing flexible dieting and i don't think i've ever been more anxious in my life about my food and weighing everything and then being part of that group was just it was like, you know, it just fed we fed each other's anxiety. I saw some crazy things like you know, people would post in the evening, um i have 2 grams of fat, 14 grams of carbs and
2: 1 gram of protein left for the day. What can i eat? I was just going to say that, like, at the end of the day, you'd be like, okay, I have 12 grams of protein left, zero carbs, and one gram of fat. And you're like, well, I better just get out the chicken, chicken yeah. breast from starting. Or sort of dive
1: into a, a
2: protein, a case of protein powder yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> with a spoon. Um, so, yeah, it's just, um, so hearing all of this, I imagine... Um, I wish someone had explained this to me prior to me jumping into the onto the flexible dieting train. And had I heard this when I was deep into it, it would have sent me over the edge. Like and I can just imagine how the group would have responded because of it was just quite an experience. So I think what we're not we're not trying to keep people anxiety,
0: we're probably telling them like, you know, chill out. Chill out. Well, and to be fair that we have we're not saying you shouldn't calorie count um ever at all anytime right. i mean i think the three of us have used it at various points in our life and it is something that it, it is a tool that we can um we believe can help create some awareness around portion size or how much you really need to consume or how much um you need to or want to consume if you have a weight loss goal or a weight gain goal. Um, that's not what we're saying. Uh, we're just saying that, you know, for these reasons, this this is part, uh, all of these reasons, which we have more to get into, is why we wouldn't recommend it long term. Like, this is usually what something we would recommend as a short term strategy. Yeah, just an if, awareness if needed. Yeah, exactly. And um I also too um just wanna note that I know that there's people that are gonna hear us talk about like the inconsistencies between uh brands and databases and our our own ability to measure and they're gonna say that, you know, well we're consistently inconsistent. And yeah, that's true. And and so, you know, if we're consistently twenty percent off, we can still see a trend in our intake or a trend in our body weight or whatever we're we're tracking. But um, it's just, again, this, the point is, is to point out why we don't need to get so overwhelmed and consumed with every small detail and nailing, you know, to the gram, to the calorie, you know, five calories over five calories under, like that's just, in our opinion, not a good way to spend our energy or a healthy way to spend our energy.
1: Right. The other thing is um, Lauren listed the websites she used and for the Powerball Challenge I first, I, I weighed everything, by the way, um, <laughs> on a little food scale, <laughs> and I do not put the weights in the recipes, and I, I don't, unless it's meat, I often, because that's how meat is sold, um, but the reason I don't use the weight, I use cups or tablespoons is because I don't want to give the impression that people should weigh their food. I know flexible dieters want the weights because a lot of they want to weigh their food and find out exactly what's in it. Um but but I don't think that's realistic for most people, so I did not give the weights. Um so first I would look at the label and if I couldn't get the information from the label, for example, if it was, you know, an apple or a pear that didn't have a label on it, I would go to the USDA website. So that's a government website. It's the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And they have a whole database just like my MyFitnessPal. Um, and none of them are user-generated. They're all input there. Um, and you'd think if anything's going to be accurate, it's going to be the USDA website. However... Um, when people started questioning the macro counts, um, I pulled up, um, I think it was Edamami, I pulled up for an example. And I, just, you know, like other tracking apps, there are several entries for edamame. several different, you know, depending on the brand and if it's frozen, if it's cooked. Anyways, I chose three that were similar. There's three different brands and there was... Um, per serving, there was a four gram difference between them. One was nine grams and the other one was 13 grams. And then the other one was somewhere in the middle for protein in edamame. So, you know, again, like Lauren was saying, that seems small when you look at it food by, on a food per food basis. But when you, when you put together a whole meal and you have all of those different data points and then you put together a whole day and then you put together a whole week, then you start to see that it's actually impossible. I mean, the chances of you actually having an exact calorie and macro count for the week are very, 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 very low.
2: Yeah.
0: And I mean, physically, like it's not only physically overwhelming. I mean, just hearing you talk about that to me, it's like, oh my gosh, that sounds so overwhelming. But also, um, just the toll that it could potentially take on you mentally and emotionally. Like, if that's, you know, I think this is like on a person to person basis. Like, if that's something that gives you anxiety and like you're like feeling um, overwhelmed or anxious or fear uh, that you've gone over, you've gone under, you have guilt if you've gone over, uh, like that, maybe this isn't the right tool for you. Like, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Reason number two, Lauren, tell us. Reason number two
2: is that we're all different and we use different cooking methods. So again, I put a lot of information in here. So like every point really has like two or three (laughs) points in it. But so as humans, we absorb calories differently based on our gut bacteria. So we, we all have a little bit of a different makeup or can have a different makeup, that means like plus or minus 150 calories a day. Um, So again, not that much day by day, but when you add it up, it can be a big difference. And then the second point to this, which again, I don't think a lot of people realize, is that when you cook or blend or chop your food, the calorie count Changes um, and it's not the calories in the food changes, but the amount that our bodies can absorb changes. So, when you cook food, chop food, or blend food, it makes it um, more available, makes the calories more available for us to be able to absorb. And calorie counts often don't um, reflect that, right? So, when you go to buy raw chicken, it may be telling you the calorie count for raw chicken. But you're not going to eat raw chicken. You're going to cook raw chicken, and that changes the calorie count. We should start a new diet. We should start – it should be the raw food, unchopped, <laughs> uncooked diet. <laughs> they, do
0: have, they do have a diet like that. I think, <laughs> I think raw foods – <laughs> I think Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> oh. made that one too. Unchopped? The unchopped it, yeah, diet. Um, Scott, un-chopped. It was like the whole idea was that food was cooked, prepared, or consumed below a certain – temperature, but I don't know about chopped or blended. But um
2: have I have re- to bite it right off the right off the, yeah. You have
0: to just go out to your garden and get on your hands and knees and you can't you can't even you can't even use your hands because we just <laughs> um I had actually had no idea about this. And so when I when I heard you say that I just kind of did a little bit more digging. And just for an example, a a raw egg, like an egg from your uh refrigerator, has about 47 calories once it's been hard boiled you will um your body would read it as 74 calories 74 ish
2: did you happen to look at like the raw egg carton did it say 47 calories do you know
0: no i should go do that though but you know what it reminds me of is popcorn like they always they always had the nutrition label for popcorn always has uncooked and then or popped and unpopped right oh, i've like, never noticed that like, like, who why would it? you eat unpopped unpopped popcorn, popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> and also, the really the <laughs> serving size should just be like if you eat the whole bag.
2: Yeah. Like <laughs> and pour butter
0: on it. <laughs> and, and seasoning. Maybe it's a yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because but really like um popcorn does that though, but no no other foods. I've I haven't seen that on other foods. We
2: need like a raw a cooked, a chopped, and a blended, please. Um
0: Will you start when you start talking about number three? I'm gonna go check my eggs, okay? I'll be right yes. back.
2: Okay. Bye, Annie. Bye. <laughs> so I think number three is probably to me the most important. And number three is that when we rely on calorie counting, we lose touch with our internal regulators. And our internal regulators are going to be the most important precise calorie counter that you have for yourself. So, um, spoiler alert, two of our habits in Balance 365 in the program are um, working on your hunger and working on your fullness cues. And that is actually one of, or two of the hardest habits that people have trouble with because um, many people come to us having dieted for years and sometimes decades. And, We use these outside factors like calorie counts or points or whatever to dictate how much we, quote unquote, should be eating and we lose touch with those little signals that tell us actually when we're hungry and when we're full and how much we need to eat. Um, So for me, uh, when I was calorie counting, I used to all the time, like if I ever had calories left... um, at the end of the day and I wasn't hungry, I would eat them anyway because I was not about to let those calories go to waste. Like I was going to eat all my calories I could eat. Um, And then on the flip side of that, I know what also happens is maybe you run out of calories for the day and you are hungry and you try as hard as you can to like push that feeling away and eventually you give in and you get the efforts and you eat the whole tray of brownies and um, you may have blown your day and so you continue eating. Yeah, and you so, do, and you feel awful about that, right? Yeah, that just, and so it, yeah. it it starts the shame cycle, right? When that happens, so on either side of the coin, like you're either maybe pushing your hunger away and then giving into it later, because as we always say, hunger always wins eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're not hungry, but you're eating anyway because the app says you have
0: extra calories. Right. Hi, I'm back, by the way. Oh, hi. Um my eggs, my eggs said 70 calories. So, uh, that's interesting. That's that would reflect the hard the, like the cooked, the prepared. Huh. Not the values. raw. Not the raw.
1: So what if you're just pouring raw egg into your shake?
0: Like like bro shakes, yeah. like I'm going to have some Arnold Schwarzenegger like type <laughs> shake. Yeah, I don't know. That's I'll have to I'll do so some more digging.
1: Yeah. It's just I mean
0: Not that I care about the 20-calorie difference. I want to eat eggs because eggs are high in protein and they have fat. That leaves me feeling full. But anyways, I just thought I would add that in there. But getting back to what Lauren and Jen were talking about, um, ultimately what happens in those situations is that we begin to value the information in the app or our food journal or our calorie counter more so than our bodies. And that can be um, kind of a slippery slope or – a a beginning of a slippery slope for people that they're they're paying more attention to what the numbers are versus are they hungry or are they full right yeah so um and you know just to kind of add to that too i missed the first part of it but i think i know what she said um that counting calories for some people often seems to be based on a fear that you cannot regulate your body cannot regulate the food intake or food consumption on its own, or can you trust your body and that you have to constantly monitor it or you'll spiral out of control. And we would say that that's just not true. That's a big fear that a
2: lot of people come to us with. Um, One woman in particular, I remember, was terrified to stop counting calories and literally thought she was just never going to stop eating if she didn't, if she wasn't hyper vigilant about watching how much she ate and counting each calorie. Um, and what happened was she was eventually felt so much freer and that didn't happen. She didn't continue to eat and eat and eat. And um, she's now gone on to start reaching her goals. And I don't think she's really counted calories since maybe here and there, which is... Um, if you're in the program, you'll know like we recommend doing that short term at different points,
1: if at all, right? So we have a podcast yeah. with Sarah Cole that we did. She's um, a Balanced 365-er, and she has never ever counted one single calorie well in Balanced Three Sixty Five,
0: and that's worked for her, great, right? And and she's yeah. gone through phases of maintaining weight and losing weight, right? Without without that. Right. So it's possible. I mean, these are just – these are tool – we look at we look at calorie counting as a tool in the toolbox. It is not the entire toolbox. Like, it is not the end-all, be-all. It's just a tool. And it might be a method that works for some, some of the time. It might be a method that works for some all the time, depending on the person. It might be a method that you don't ever have to use ever.
1: The other thing is, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? So when we do rec- when we when we do talk about calorie or macro counting in the Balance 365 program, we recommend looking at it by like a meal per meal basis or a food to food basis, like not you don't have to just start day one and track everything you know, all day, every day for X amount of days. You really can break down your meals and look at them one by one um, just to give you that information you need, right? I, I do have to say that when I was calorie and macro counting, I think I spent more time looking up the nutritional information of my meals than I did cooking and eating. Because try cook something like spaghetti for your family And then work out the macro content per serving, right? So you're putting in all these different ingredients, um, you know, ground beef and onion and celery and mushrooms and sauce, and you're putting it into a big pot, you're cooking it, and then you're scooping it onto a plate. So here's me with three little kids running around, (laughs) you know, trying to figure all this out. It almost send me, it would send me over the edge. And then I would, I'd be weighing everything before I would put it in and then writing it down on a piece of paper or putting in, it into my calorie tracking app. And then when it came to my serving size, scooping out half a cup, weighing it on the, on the scale, putting it onto my plate. Um, and it was just so much. And I wish I would have known that it was unnecessary for me in, to do that because it was it was just a lot it was a lot and it was also something I decided that I personally didn't want my kids seeing me do on a consistent basis so I just didn't you know I kind of thought one day like are they gonna grow up watching me weigh every (laughs) piece of food before I eat it is that what I want Um, right. And you know, they're seeing it. I know there's, you know, they're paying attention. Right. And so I just, I personally didn't want my kids to see me, um, doing that. Especially when you add, you know, it's not like just the weighing, it's not like I'm, you know, measuring to put a recipe together. It was, you know, seeing them, you know, it was my whole anxiety around the whole thing too, which I'm sure they could sense. Um, and there's, you know what, there's videos too. I was going to say earlier, there's videos on YouTube, That would send me over the edge as well. So you can go up on YouTube and watch people compare the difference of, say, taking half a cup of oatmeal and cooking it and then weighing oatmeal and cooking it and showing, like, because we all would, you know, if you take half a cup of oatmeal, you might have 10 more grams of oatmeal in your scoop than I do. Do you know what I mean? Which is, Mm -hmm. so it's these people showing the difference of calories and macros overall when you... If you're not weighing so they're basically saying look if you're gonna track macros you better be weighing everything and it's just like those kinds of things used to set like they would send me over the edge um and i know the women in the facebook group i was part of it felt like everybody was kind of over the edge <laughs> in that group
2: yeah, yeah. And so like we're just trying to say here like if this works for you like great like we're not trying to get anyone to stop doing this if this is what works for you and it's what you enjoy. But for the three of us and many, many women that we've coached, it doesn't – it hasn't worked. It's been either too anxiety-inducing or it just – it's not getting them the results that they want. Um, you don't have to do it. Like, there are other ways and ways that we feel are are better. Yeah,
1: we just frankly. released in the Powerball Challenge um, week one recipes. Inside that email, we had – Um, a meal prep guide. And inside the meal prep guide, we showed you a really easy way to estimate serving sizes by using your hand. So um, maybe we could link to that in the show notes. Um.
2: Yeah. And again, like that's not going to be accurate, but when you're listening to your hunger and fullness cues and you know how to do that, um, which we go into in the program, you don't have to be accurate in your counting and measuring because you have a calorie counter in, inside of you basically that tells you how much you need to eat right
0: yeah and this is um this is something in our experience i mean when i came when i joined forces with lauren and jen and lauren was trying to tell me that i didn't have to count calories to lose weight i was like but how how like how <laughs> <laughs> but what? how does that work <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> um because listening to um hunger and fullness cues for me felt really scary. Like it was like, well, I'm hungry all the time and I can eat until I am like unbutton my jeans so full I can't, wa- like I like I can eat with the best of them. Like this isn't gonna work for me. And this really was a practice for me. Like it, it took some trial and error and it's taken well over a year, two years to actually like feel like, okay, I, I notice when I'm hungry. I arrive to meals when I'm hungry. I eat till I'm full or almost full. And very rarely do I eat until I'm stuffed anymore, which is really nice. But um, I just want to note that the when you let go of something like calorie counting, especially if you're really, really restrictive with it, that the pendulum, we talk a lot of t- times about the pel- pendulum, that pendulum can swing from calorie counting to this, like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And that period for I'm just going to eat whatever I want for women can be like, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! I get like I can't like I'm get, I just eat whatever I want. Like this is so scary. I've never done this before. I'm gonna gain weight or I'm gonna lose all my gains or whatever you're talking. And the temptation can be to pull that pendulum back to calorie counting. But in our experience and our members' experience with Balance 365, if you just like let that pendulum kind of settle in the middle, that's where you'll find balance, moderation, sustainability. You can listen to your body. You can trust your body, and you don't have to rely on those tools all the time. It's really interesting to me
1: how out of touch everybody has become from their internal regulators and just the example, you know, you know, you being one example, Annie, and I'm another example. When I first met Lauren um, and was working with her on my internal signals, my hunger signal was a major trigger for me to feel anxiety and to binge eat, basically, because, I was sort of in chaos, as you just described, with my eating habits, and because I had committed to never dieting again, and I had gone so long, like a decade of going hungry all the time, um, and, you know, you commit to not dieting anymore, the The hunger was just a trigger for me to rebel. Like, it was like, oh my god, I'm hungry, no, this can't be, and <laughs> I can't be hungry, um, and Lauren, you describe it so well when you compare it to feeling tired. Do you want to do you want to go over that cuz it's really great.
2: Sure. So, when you think about other so hunger is just a bodily signal, right? It's a signal from your body trying to tell you something. And we have other bodily signals like being tired or being thirsty. So, like when you yawn, you don't like freak out and run to your bed and be like I have to go to bed right now. <laughs> Like when you're I wish I thirsty, would. <laughs> when you're thirsty, you don't freak out and um you know, run and like put your head in a glass of water. Like these are just signals from your body telling you, hey, like you're getting tired. You should probably, you know, go to sleep soon. Like, hey, you you need some water. Like, and we take those as they are, but for some reason, well, I know the reason, but when we feel hunger, It's not – we don't take it as that bodily signal. We take it as hunger is the enemy. We must push it away. Um, But when you honor your hunger and listen to your hunger, um, it's, again, I feel like a broken record. But it's the best calorie counter that you're ever going to have. Right. right? Because not only are there a million inaccuracies, but everyone's different. Everyone has a different activity level day to day. Everyone has a different – body composition and everyone's needs, calorie needs are different, so... Right, so if you... So, for example, that is
1: such a good point, actually. So, for example, if your total daily energy expenditure is 2,000 calories, so some app or some website spits out 2,000 calories to you based on your, your height, your weight, and your activity level that you input, but... Um, two days a week you run 10 kilometers. On those days you are going to be significantly more hungry than on the days when you don't run 10 kilometers and your hunger and satiety will help you regulate that so and ensure that you eat what you need on those days when you need that extra fuel and on the days that you're not running your hunger and satiety will feel different. And If you were just going by calories and trying to have just strictly 2,000 calories a day, on your running days, you would be famished. You'd probably feel awful.
2: You try and white knuckle through and you may make it or you may, like we said, eat the whole tray of brownies. Right. And I also want to mention too that Annie um, said that it took her a while to kind of get back in touch with these and it does take time, but I really... um, feel and I think you two would agree with me that it's time well spent because once you get back in touch with those, you have them forever. Like you don't need to rely on anything outside of yourself again. Yeah. And you have
1: to make mistakes to get it. That's the thing. So when you commit to listening to your hunger and satiety, it doesn't come overnight. You You have days where you let yourself get too hungry and you feel ravenous or you have days where you eat and you weren't hungry at all. You'll have days where you continue to overeat, and you feel stuffed after, and you'll have days when you undereat, and you're, you didn't really eat your full meal, and you're hungry sooner than you want to be. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff we work through in Balance 365 is, um, and understanding it's not going to look perfect, but all of those mistakes, quote-unquote mistakes, are, they give you data, and they help you make a different choice the next time. Right.
0: Yeah. And I just want to share too, I think I might've shared this on another podcast, but I just recently got my uh, body composition checked for the first time in six months. And I have not in that six months, I haven't counted a single calorie. I haven't tracked a single meal. Um, I haven't, I don't even, I may have weighed myself a couple times and I have maintained my body composition for six months without, calorie counting without logging meals, without macro counting. And um, that's, I attribute to my ability to listen to my body and feed it when it's hungry and stop when it's full. And that's it's that simple. I have um, maintained, my, my weight
1: has gone unchanged for three and a half years. And that is something 10 years ago, I did not think was possible. I thought women or people in general, had to be hyper vigilant about their weight. Weight is something you must manage at all times, or it will get out of control. Um, but really, you know, my body has given me the information I need, and as I've listened to it, I have eaten over time. You know, not on an every single day basis. There are probably days where I eat a little bit more, and Other days I eat a little bit less than I'm expending that day. But big picture, long term, which is what we are trying to get people to see, you know, big picture, (laughs) is that I have just eaten to my energy needs for three and a half years.
0: You just had to one-up me, didn't you? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm over here like six months. Jen's like three and a half years.
1: <laughs> three and a half years. But I'm it's totally just kidding. that it's my great. youngest is, he turned five this summer. And it's interesting to me because, you know, you go through that pregnancy and postpartum swing, right? Your weight is, you know, up and down. And um, and then if you add dieting in there that a lot of women do and, over you know, reactive overeating, it can just be swinging all over the place. And so I'm sitting here going, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Here I am, you know, I lost weight um, after my third and um, I'm, I was, you know, probably pretty close to my pre-pregnancy weight, you know, weight is always a range. And yeah, to maintain that for three and a half years, I think is, you know, is something pretty spectacular for me or just the realization that I don't have to be actively managing my weight at all times is... It's just really so freeing.
0: Um, okay, let's do a little recap real quick before we um, part ways here. Uh, these are our top reasons to why you should take calories with a grain of salt if you're into the calorie counting and you're finding that it's um, kind of driving you batty. Um the first one is inaccuracies, and that can be both with the uh, food labels, the nutrition database, and also humans. Like, just as humans, we're not very good at um, estimating portion sizes. And uh, you know, why does peanut butter always come to mind? Like, a tablespoon of peanut butter is never just a no. table, <laughs> just a tablespoon.
2: No, it's. I think it's impossible to yeah. measure
0: out a tablespoon
2: of peanut butter. Yeah, that is actually a tablespoon. I know, so like two and a half. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, reason number two is we are all different, and we use cooking uh, different cooking methods. so what Lauren was talking about our gut bacteria, the makeup of our gut bacteria can mean a difference of plus or minus one hundred and fifty calories a day from person to person and then how we cook our food. what did you say chopping, blending, and cooking and cooking yeah <laughs> what what's cooking? <laughs> uh but what does microwaving do yes (laughs) that's that's really what i want to. and what about frozen pizzas in the oven right um can all affect the uh (laughs) calories available for our body to absorb and the third reason we really think you should take calories with a grain of salt is that when we rely on calorie counting we lose touch with our internal regulators that's hunger and fullness signals so, anything you wanna, you two wanna add before we sign off?
1: No, I thought that was great. Thanks, was Lauren, great. for all your knowledge bombs on this podcast.
0: Yeah, and uh, just. If you're listening to this, uh, we, Jen and I, are going to record another podcast to follow this up with about what to do when uh, tracking becomes problematic. So, and that's tracking anything. So, if you are listening to this, it won't be released for a week until after this podcast has come out. But I think this is going to be a really great follow up just to continue the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies. Bye. 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 This episode is brought to you by our online coaching course, Balance 365. If you're ready to say goodbye to quick fixes and false promises and yes to building healthy habits and a life you're 100% in love with, then check out our program at balance365.co to learn more.